Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's another episode of Bald and Bingeable, the show that takes a look at all the pop culture that we consume, the stuff you are insatiable for, and the stuff you find truly bingeable. So my goal every Tuesday is to bring you guys a new subject that we can binge upon or TV shows, but today we actually have a person who is very bingeable. I binge him on social media, um, on TikTok. I have found him on Instagram and Twitter. He is a wonderful resource. He's funny, he's fun. He is the GI doctor, AKA gastroenterologist. Oh, I did it. Okay, so we have Dr. Carlton. Hello. Hello, D'Angelo. Oh my God, it's so good to talk to you. I have followed you on social media in one form or another for probably a decade. Oh my and God, I love I, this. And I never knew that you live in San Diego and I have no social life, so I don't get out and see you doing the things you do uh -huh. because I have two kids and three dogs and a husband. So between that and a job that's about 70 or 80 hours a week, you know, mm -hmm. not much time. <laughs> that tells you guys that he's a doctor you can trust. Because if he's not following my gay ass around this neighborhood and the antics that I get into, you know he's respectable. Because I am not. Um, <laughs> so it's funny because, like, yeah, I know that we have crossed paths in the past, you know, uh -huh. um, on social media. And I think probably even maybe on a Facebook or something like that. And probably on Twitter. And um, then... All of a sudden, I joined TikTok last year, like everybody else did. Waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things. And then you came across my FYP page. That's the For You page for people <laughs> who are not TikTok literate. And this is the page where people where things trend. It's kind of how the algorithm works over there on, on TikTok. And so if you are into gay things, and then also I think it kind of was... um responsible politics in a sense, because I think people look at bodies as political, which shouldn't be, but it is a thing. And um, so you came across my page and it was like, oh, who is this guy? And you're like, hi, I'm the butt stuff doc. You know, and it was like, oh wait, let's listen in. You know what I mean? So it was like, watch the whole video, like it, go to the page, follow, and then just seeing your numbers grow and everything. So how did, how did that start? When did you join TikTok? I joined last year, probably around the same time you did. I um, my kids have been on TikTok for over a year before that, and I thought, you know, there's nothing else going on right now. We have a, a lot more downtime to be at home and kill some time. Can't really go out. Can't go to restaurants. Can't go to bars. Can't you know? Can't really do anything. And then even work for me was a lot less than it had been because I'm a specialist. And most of the hospital care was based on COVID stuff. So um, I found myself a little more time. I opened it up and thought, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just be a lurker. And one night I opened it, the first time I opened it up, I was watching videos for four hours, laughing and crying and learning things and realizing what a broad spectrum TikTok is. I mean, if you want to learn how to make chili, you can learn how to make chili. If you want to talk about uh, politics, if you want to talk about sex if you want to look at hot guys dance around there's there's a little bit of 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 something for everybody and the brilliant thing about tiktok like you said with the algorithm is that it really focuses in on what you like and it feeds you what you like more of what you like so it figures out who you are within about five minutes it knows you're it, it probably knows you're gay before most of your friends know you're gay 
So, so uh, pretty amazing. So I got on there, I watched a little while and thought, oh, I'm never going to post anything. Uh huh. That's what everybody and, says. <laughs> and then I, and then I made my first couple of videos and they were kind of a flop and, you know, no big deal. And then I thought, well, let me talk about something that I know about. I, well, I'm a, I'm a butt doctor. I'm gay. I know about butt stuff. Let's just try it. So one day, that's what everybody says about butt stuff. Yeah. Gay men are always like, "Let's <laughs> just try it." <laughs> well, I made this video thinking, okay, I made this two-set video called "Butt Stuff One and Two, and mm-hmm. it was basically how to prepare for it, how to how to make it a more relaxing experience, and uh, how to do it right. And I thought, oh, I'll put this video up, and you know. It probably won't get much traction. Uh, I'm I'm kind of a little bit nervous because you have to walk a really fine line on TikTok. We'll see how it mm-hmm. goes. And the very first comment on the video was some mom with a 13 year old kid saying, "How dare you post something like this on TikTok? Ugh. This is horrible." Blah 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 blah. And so I made a decision right then and there: either I can delete this video, or I can just block her. Yeah, so block. I block. So I blocked her. You have and, to. Can I pause for one second? Yeah. Okay. This whole TikTok thing, because I have a friend who just joined TikTok like three days ago and he's mm-hmm. like, text me every five minutes. Can I do this? Can I do this? And it's like, you have to get around this. You have to get around that. It's something crazy about TikTok though, because like we can sit there and you can talk about gay sex from a doctor's point of view and for something that's mm-hmm. you're not making it sensational you are making it factual and then people will come and like attack but then we have no issues with saying like he likes to fuck me like a slut like it's like those are like yeah. the songs that we're dancing to that your four-year-old's dancing to but then that's not yeah. an issue but this other stuff okay keep yeah. going so your viral video so you're yeah yeah so, so i you know I, I put my phone down i don't check it i wake up the next day i look at my tiktok and i have fifty thousand new followers Jesus and, Christ. And this this video has gone like 1.4, 1.5 million views in just like a short amount of time. And I'm thinking, oh, all the gay guys came. You know, uh-huh. this is great. I started digging through the statistics, which you can do when you have over a certain amount of followers, and realized that more than half the people there were women. And wow. a lot of the men were straight guys that just didn't know anything about anal sex and wanted to learn. So I realized, wow, okay, there's a hunger out there for anal sex education. So mm-hmm. let's do a little bit more of it. So I kept going and uh, I, I kept um, growing and growing and growing. And Again, this is another thing yeah. gay guys say. They first say, let's try the butt stuff. And then they say, <laughs> then we keep going and it keeps going. This is all right. a gay standard. <laughs> it's so totally. sensational. <laughs> totally, totally. And, um, people started to notice like there's some um sex podcasts that started noticing and i did i i did i did some of those and that grew my audience some and i realized that hey you know butt stuff just butt stuff doesn't have a gender it doesn't have a sexuality um everybody's got a butt Mm -hmm. and everybody wants to know more about it but they're afraid to admit it so i talked a lot about uh, anal sex, then I, I kind of focused also in on you know, a desire to really help the gay community because I know there's a lot of information out there that's lacking. A lot of gay men don't get proper health care and don't know how to talk to their doctor about gay issues or can't, or they live in a place where it's taboo or 
There's so much shame around it. Yeah. Because, I mean, just the fact, just, just coming out is one mm-hmm. thing. But mm-hmm. then like, because instantly people are going to think they think gay sex. As soon as you come out, it's like, oh, does this person have a top or a bottom? And that's right. what direction usually goes to. So I think it kind of puts this shell on us and it puts this thing where, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about that part. Any me being gay has to be about every other thing. You know what I mean? Right. Sex out of it. Right, exactly. And like, I mean, I had a guy in my practice who came to me for a second opinion about what was what he was diagnosed with was ulcerative colitis. And um, his doctor had him on these really high dose, like immunosuppressants to try to fight it. And he wasn't getting any better. And he came to me and I was like, Oh, okay. Um, Do you put anything in your butt? Well, yeah, I'm a bottom. I'm like, do you use protection? No. Okay. Let's swab you for gonorrhea. Positive. Treated him off all of his medications. And it's so quick. It's yeah. so quick. <laughs> but yeah. So, so between the the between the fear of gay men talking to their doctor about their health care and the ignorance of a lot of doctors not knowing what to ask, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff is going undiagnosed. And I, you know, I started focusing a lot of my information. Hey, you know, get checked where you play. If you put it in your mouth, get your throat swabbed. If you put it in your ass, get your butt swabbed. You know, in addition to your urine tests and blood tests, because a lot of people have gonorrhea and chlamydia in their throat or their butt and don't even know it because they had never been tested before. Absolutely. So I, and, and, you know, a lot of us in, in the community that have been advocates for prep, a lot of the prep regimens you know, mm-hmm. recommend all this testing, but everybody else really isn't getting this testing like they should. They're not putting it out there because everybody, mm-hmm. you also, you admit to your doctor, okay, well, I'm having gay sex, but then you don't want to talk about I'm having unprotected gay sex or right. the facets of what you're doing. Like, okay, you're, you're sucking dick, you're doing this, you're doing that. And right. so it, there's all this shame that's based around it. And so something that I discovered a long time ago and and I'll just put this out there on my own on my own end is that if you are on prep or if you're HIV positive and if you are on some kind of a medication, you know that you're going to be getting your blood tests. They're right. going to be coming through. Just talk to your general and just let him know. Like, can can I put all these labs in at the same time mm-hmm. and just and just leave the prescription in there for me so I don't have to talk about it? So then, when you go to get the blood test, they're going to test you for the syphilis. They're going to swab you for your throat. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, is and it's not even that uncomfortable because after the first time, you're usually going to be they're going to give it to you on autopilot. Like, yeah, my doctor is just kind of like, here's your cup, here's your swabs. This is the one for your mouth. This is the one for for your butt. Go. And you go mm-hmm. and you do your thing. And so, right. you know, that there's, it's that first initial conversation, I think that so many people are afraid to get over the hump. But as soon as you do, and as soon as you break the seal, another thing gay men say, hey. um, <laughs> but as soon as that happens, it's just like, it's clockwork, go in, you get your testing done. If something happens, if something spikes, you know, or whatever, they'll let you know. Right. Medication, you move on with your life. And so, and then you can, that's just the easiest way to be responsible is that if you can have these kind of tests, if you have a doctor that you are able to do that. And that's me speaking from a place of privilege. There's other places that you guys can get healthcare right now that you can still sign up for the Affordable Care Act. That sort of thing is still kind of going. So right. you know, hook yourselves up with that if you were in the United States. And if you're outside of there, you know, there 
has to be gay resources. Start Googling, start asking you guys that these people, there's, there's a network, you know, mm-hmm. something too, that I've seen from you was uh, this thing where people from outside of this country, people from countries where being gay is taboo, uh, unlawful, that sort of a thing. They're looking at your, your content, which is pretty Absolutely. amazing. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause I love it. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I started an Instagram as well to just try to um, be more reachable because TikTok's direct messaging is a little difficult sometimes. It's just mm-hmm. very scattered. So I started an Instagram and um, I started getting messages on Instagram from people in places like Saudi Arabia, uh, Iran, um, Egypt, Amazing. Af- Africa, Malaysia, um, places where Often, gay sex is punishable by death, mm-hmm. um, or if it's not, it's you know imprisonment for five years. One of the first instances I had was a guy in Saudi Arabia texted me on Instagram and said, hey, I had unprotected uh, gay sex. There's something going on with my butt. If I go to my doctor and tell them that there's something going on with my butt, they're going to automatically assume that I'm gay and I could be executed for it. Jeez. And I'm terrified, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And I said, well, send me a vanishing picture on, on Instagram in vanishing mode. That way you, you protect your privacy and you can be assured that I'm not gonna like spread this picture of your butthole around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, it's just a hemorrhoid. Don't worry about it. You know, just, mm-hmm. just do this, this and this and you'll be fine. And the weight of the world was lifted off this guy's shoulder. He went from thinking that he was going to be executed for having gay sex to just having a hemorrhoid, you know, just something as silly and stupid as that. Mm -hmm. The the reach of that, it it was something I never expected. And it's been the most rewarding aspect of this whole thing is to be able to help people around the world. A lot of these people can't follow me on Instagram and they can't follow me on TikTok, but they, they know lurk, who I am. And they lurk and then your content is open. And so they jump in there. I get Absolutely. that. That's kind of amazing. Cause um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, like uh, the people who I dance with, who I go-go with, and even like my adult industry friends mm-hmm. that are DMs. And this is not like, Oh, look at my DMs. But like, it's like our DMs are full of people from other countries who are, sending us pictures and, and that sort of a thing. And it's, they're not following. And mm-hmm. I actually asked somebody one day, I was like, why aren't you following me? And it was like, oh, I can't because my family and I'm living, you know, mm-hmm. he lived in Lebanon and he, you know, his family was very, whatever. And that's a place that's actually in, low, in, in that compared, sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's way more open than like a Saudi Arabia situation. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. So it's just, it, that's amazing to me because I've never thought of it that way that, that you've put yourself out there as a resource and this is how they're finding you and they can't necessarily follow you. So your reach is even bigger than what your follower numbers are, which is really oh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I have people in Africa texting me all the time on, on direct messages saying, you have no idea what reach you have over here. It's, it's probably millions and you, you don't realize it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't realize that at all. <laughs> Cause they're, you know, oh but, 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 you know, for me at that point, it's not about numbers. It's about getting the education out there. You know, I talk, you know, and, and the questions I get just blow me away. There is such a lack of not, you know, even in America, there's such a lack of gay sex education. There's a lack of sex education period. But when period. it comes to gay sex education, 
There's no, I mean, I, nobody, nobody talked to me about that in high school or middle school or college or med school, even, you know, you know, this is all stuff that I've put together on my own um, that I've learned through my experiences and the, the experiences I've had as a doctor. Um, so, I mean, I have people asking questions like, Hey, I'm monogamous with my boyfriend. We've both never had sex before. Should we both go on prep? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> They're like, well, we're afraid we're going to get HIV. And I'm like, well, gay sex doesn't create HIV. Oh. HIV is spread from one person to another. But because there's so, so little education about what HIV is, um, people and ask questions like it. that. Yeah. I they automatically assume that they're going to like create HIV by just by having gay sex. I remember in like the 80s, remember like water fountains and people are like you can't drink that water fountain so and so how you know like when that stigmatism was around and that's oh thing. yeah just to think that that kind of thing still exists now like blows my mind i'm going to take a little a little bit of a, a, a step into this um because mm -hmm. we we talk a lot about social media and everything else okay so what was that feeling like honestly mm -hmm. when you had like a million views and fifty thousand followers in one night you wake up and this this is like there it's almost like a Vegas style um, feeling. Uh, mm -hmm. With TikTok, you can make a hundred videos and they all flop. But mm -hmm. when you hit one that goes big, it's like, okay, I got, you know, I got to do another one that does just as well. I'm a very, very competitive person. Uh huh. So numbers drive me. And I think a lot of people are like that secretly. They don't want to tell, they don't want to, they don't want to admit that, but uh -huh. I'm, I'm, I'm really competitive. So I want to do well. When I do a video, I want it to get a lot of views and I'll, I'll pour my heart and soul into something and it'll and, and take five hours to make something and it, it might get a thousand views. Yeah. I'll off the cuff do like a seven second video with a friend of mine looking at a screen saying, Oh, what's that? Oh, I, I think it's corn. Yeah. He probably ate corn, <laughs> you know, like during a colonoscopy, Uh huh. which to, you know, less than a minute to package and film and put up and it gets 1.6 million views. It's insane. I you saw like, this past week, I posted something of me just standing where with the filter on my face shirtless. I did nothing in the video gets 5000 views in like the first day. And then the one that I really spent my time on and like edited and different shots, 30 views. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. what is going on? So I understand that lottery thing. I've never heard it described that way. And I love that. Yeah. That, that it's, vegas -y feeling that but like, like you, like you're on a slot machine, like, you know, okay, I'm going to spin the wheel and you know, Oh, no, I, I, I didn't hit or Oh, jackpot. You know, that's so, so crazy. And I think that's how they get you. <laughs> okay. How did it feel? Because you guys, he is followed by celebritas. Okay. He has got yeah. celebrities and his followers. And the patron saint of daytime television, Rosie O'Donnell follows you. Yeah, that kind of what blew was me like, away. What was that like? I, you know, I never expected that. And I, I kind of wondered um, what on earth I did for her to follow me. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was just super cool that she did. Um, uh, I, I was kind of going through a rough time in my life when that happened. So it was like a real boost that I needed. It was right around the time my mom died oh. and my mom was chronically ill for a long time, but she passed away. And that, this was around the time of her funeral, which I couldn't go to because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, because I work in ICUs a lot, I just couldn't, couldn't expose other people on two airplanes to fly across country to go to a funeral. It just wasn't the right thing to do. So I had to go by FaceTime 
Mm-hmm. And I think I made a video about that. And shortly thereafter, she followed me. Maybe she just felt sorry for me. I don't know. But um, but but that was that was a really cool experience. And there have been some other celebrities who talked to me kind of behind closed doors. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, why? I, you know, oh, my God, why are you following me? And they're like, well, I just wanted to know how you get silicone lube off, you know, <laughs> clean off of your body. <laughs> just and I so saw your people. video on it. Exactly. Just so, ladies and gentlemen. Just, just so. Yes. Yeah, That's a little hint. <laughs> it's an ancient gay secret. Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Let's get into some questions because I did open up in my Instagram and I asked around and I for questions. Sure. Um, and it ended up being cis gay men who ended up asking me uh, sure. a lot of these questions, but I think a lot of them will pertain to other things. Okay. Sure. So I have, an, and then this one, they wanted to remain anonymous. So we're going to say this is from, from Haley. Okay. So okay. if it's morning and if you were to have sex at night, what foods are safe to eat? If it's, it's not realistic to be starving all day and it just sucks. I often hear you need a good diet. Yeah. Well, it's not realistic to eat the perfect fiber bottoms diet. Me specifically, it's because of travel. What works best for me is timing and what I am eating the day before or the day of. So I heard what you eat now comes out 24 to 48 hours later. If that's true, besides a good diet, what can you do, quote unquote, always be prepared if you're going to have gay sex the next day? So a couple of things. Not everybody is the same. Um, Everybody's body is, although we're built pretty much the same. We all have different timing on things. So one thing that to be aware of is the gastrocolic reflex. There's a reflex that your body naturally sends when your food hits your stomach for your colon to empty to make room for the food that's coming in. Mm-hmm. It's pretty genius, actually. Um, for me in the morning, particularly when I go downstairs and I get a cup of coffee and get something in my stomach, Within 15 to 20 minutes, I'm in the bathroom. It's like, boom, you know, it's like clockwork every day. That's gonna stimulate me to go and, and have a bowel movement. Um, and and I, one of the things I always joke about with that whole thing, like where you you go to a restaurant and two guys are out on a date and you, you can kind of look and see who, which one the bottom is. Totally. It, <laughs> a lot of times that's based on this whole gastrocolic reflex thing because people realize that whatever, you know, if they eat right before they have sex, um, that might be stimulated. So I tell people in general, you know, give it 30 to 60 minutes after you eat before you you plan something because if you're if you're like most people, you're gonna be more prone to having a bowel movement within you know 30 30 to 60 minutes of eating. Fiber, like like this person says, fiber is key in keeping thing keeping things bulked up with less residue. If you're not great on a, fi- a high fiber diet, then fiber supplements work. There's no particular brand that I, I you know, prefer over another. Psyllium husk is cheap, and it's um, and it's afford- You know, it works and it's affordable. Some for some people though, fiber completely ruins them, and they just they just don't adjust well. So I think you kind of have to learn what works for your body. Yeah. And this whole gastrocolic reflex thing that I mentioned, not everybody has that, and I don't want people to sit around and starve all day and feed into like body dysmorphia and, and, um, and eating disorders over gay sex, but just kind of get to know what your body, what works for your body in general. Yes. A high fiber diet 
Um, yes, not in, eating not too close to sex. And if you're not a, a, a high fiber diet person, then a, a fiber supplement like Metamucil or or, um, or Zillion Musk. Mm -hmm. I've seen, and somebody else actually asked too, mm -hmm. do those fiber pills actually work? And I'm wondering if they mean like those things like the pure for men and that kind of thing. And I think those are usually psyllium husk that's inside those. Yeah, I mean, for some people, they work really, really well, and people, some people swear by them. But I've had other people say, oh, my God, I tried that particular supplement, and it was horrible. It, you know, it, it was the worst thing ever. It tasted terrible. It, it, it made me bloated, and I had gas. And But other people swear by it. So I think I think it's worth a try. Um, and if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you know, just not meant to be. Should they be metamucilin or doing the fiber husk, like, early in the morning? Or is that something you know, should they do that at night before bed? Like when is when is the best time do you think is most opportune? I think that the most opportune time is in the morning because people are more prone to remembering in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things with fiber supplements is that although this isn't scientifically proven and I'm not sure why it hasn't been studied that deeply yet, bulk fiber supplements should not be used within a couple of hours of uh, taking medications like PrEP. Mm -hmm. We're not sure if if it decreases the absorption of PrEP, but there's a potential that it could. And if you're taking something low dose like Descovy um, compared to Truvada, which is higher dose, um, that might have an effect on the amount of, of, of uh, drug in your tissues. At, but you at can the, actually pull that that you know that that's you know that it's at the at the time you need it. You know, mm -hmm. so um, so you should take your your pills a couple of hours apart from a, a fiber supplement. Absolutely. And so that's where you get the, the biggest bang for your buck. And even I think yeah. that would that would should go also for like your vitamins and your, you know, if whatever medications yeah. that you're taking, just space those things out. Right. So we have another question here. And so Nelson asks, serious question. If cancer runs in your family, how often and at the earliest when should you get a prostate exam? Is there a rectal equivalent to a pap smear? Okay. There's a lot in that, um, a lot in that question that, that kind of mixes up a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that because those are all important, important things. Yes, there is something that's like a, a pap smear for the anus, but it's more for HPV. Mm -hmm. Human papillomavirus causes anal warts, which is a risk factor for anal cancer which is 70 times higher in the HIV positive and HPV positive population than in anyone else. Okay. Jeez. So men who are positive, who bottom should definitely get an anal pap smear at least every year. Mm. Um, other than that, um, at least, at least one and maybe one every few years, if you've ever, um, if you've never had one, is helpful to identify if there's HPV or HPV-related changes in your anus. So, um, and another big thing for the gay community, please get your HPV vaccine. I've seen, weight, you know, I've, yeah, and and yeah, a lot of people say, oh, but I'm over 25. It's approved up to 45 now. Oh, yeah, and it can't hurt. It might not be covered by your insurance, but I sure as hell rather get all the protection that you can possibly get for that early on. And there's, trust me, there's a lot of young men that I've seen in my practice who wish they had gotten the HPV vaccine. I wish it was available when I was younger. I, you know, I'm, I'm so happy it's available for my kids now, but 
Yeah. But, what is what is the question they should be asking? So I want to just back up before we just mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. If if you're a bottom, you know that you you're saying that you should probably get checked like once a year, especially if you're HIV positive and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. What which doctor should you be asking this to, and what is the best way to ask that doctor? Well, whoever takes care of your HIV care should definitely be the one doing anal pap smears. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's important. As far as prostate exams, uh, prostate exams that's a little bit different. It's it's a urologic organ, a, you know, a couple of a couple or three inches inside the rectum, underneath the rectal tissue. Prost- prostate exams and PSA, PSA is a prostate specific antigen. Those are ways to to help detect uh, cancer. In African American men, definitely start younger. In people with a family history, start younger. Um, it's never too young to start, really. After I'd say. Um, after 35 or 40. Now, if you have a family history of someone who got a young, got it young, like say your dad got it at 42, then you probably should start getting checked, you know, 35, 30. For colon cancer, colon cancer is not increased with bottoming or being gay, but colon cancer is genetically predisposed in, in men and women. And if you have a family member who had colon cancer, that's a first degree relative, like your brother, your mother, father, sister, first degree relative, then you should get a colonoscopy at age 40 or 10 years prior to the age of the colon cancer diagnosis in your family. So if your dad had colon cancer at 35, you should get your colonoscopy at 25. You know, if your dad had colon cancer at 50, you should get it at 40. So, um, so yeah, so, colonoscopy in the general population is 45 to 50 for your first one, depending on what your insurance covers, basically, mm-hmm. for just pure screening, meaning no problems at all. Um, for family history, younger than that. For prostate, you know, prostate prostate cancer screening and testing, it, it kind of waffles around between, yes, you should do a prostate exam. No, you, you shouldn't do a prostate again exam. Yes, you should do a PSA. No, you shouldn't do a PSA. But I think it's better to have more information than less. So I started Absolutely. at I started at age forty for my prostate. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not, mm-hmm. you guys, it's not that big of a deal. Like no. you go in, it's like, and I had a I had my first one during COVID. You know what I mean? Like last year, and it was like you go in, you have that weird conversation, <laughs> you know, with yeah. the doctor. Then they send you to the exam room, and you're just usually dre- dressed down from the waist down, you know, or just and then. They check and then you go on with your day and then you have a yeah. little bit of self-assurance and you have like that weight that's on your shoulders that when you when you realize that, oh, I'm negative, my clear, my text came out negative or if they came out positive, but then you have a solution. It's such less weight on your shoulders than walking around every day wondering. Absolutely. And such a huge thing. Okay, I have just a little sideline story here too. So smear my pap. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is the thing that <laughs> I have a friend Lindsay, I'm checking you right now. Um, well, you know, like, well, I'll be a monkey's uncle, you know, that kind of a phrase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we used to go around my senior year of college saying, well, smear my pap. 
<laughs> and that's what I've heard, that's what I think of every time that I hear pap smear is I just hear in the back of my head my friend Lindsay going well smear my pap <laughs> you can use that at work if you like that sounds great <laughs> sounds like a Leslie Jordan with a Leslie Jordan accent to it maybe maybe too <laughs> well shit how you doing well smear my pap um Okay, I have another question here, another anonymous one. So, I want to know about the exact time you should hold the shower shot in your butt. When I do it for a few seconds, like five, I can get the first chamber cleaned out, maybe some beyond. But how many seconds do I keep the shower shot in when I need a deep clean? When I know I'm getting a seven to nine inch dick, question mark. And how many times do I repeat? Because sometimes the water is clear and 10 minutes later, I'm running to the bathroom and it ain't clear. And then he put the eyeball emoji. Right, right. Yeah, That's, you know, that's the bane of, of the bottom's existence is, is getting the water clear. Truly. And, and, you know, the whole clean out process has been debated so much on social media. There are a lot of 20 and 30 year old quote life coaches on uh, social media who say, oh, oh you, should, you should never douche. You should never, ever douche. And I'm like, honey, have you ever taken a nine inch dick? Like, for real. Okay. And also, <laughs> if, if your life coach has roommates living in an apartment, that's not a life coach. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those are not the doctor's uh, like thoughts. Those are mine. Anyway. So yeah, and, and I mean, if you go on and you, there's there's some there's certain doctors who have more fame than I do on this whole situation who want to sell you something. So they have their pH balance douche, which is all a load of horseshit. I mean, honestly, I've been doing GI medicine for over 20 years. I've been gay my whole life. I have never run into a person in my practice who had the diagnosis of, oops, he douched too much. You know, uh, uh oh, you know, could you douche too much? Absolutely. Moderation is everything. But when it comes to cleaning out, I, I hate to keep falling back to this everybody is different thing, but everybody truly is different. Um, you have to be careful about putting too much water in because there's a curve called the rectosigmoid junction about 10 inches up. So it's a really sharp hairpin turn where the sigmoid colon starts above the rectum. The rectum's about eight to 10 inches long. So if you get water up and over that curve into the sigmoid colon, which is a big S shape, it can kind of slosh around and be just sitting there waiting. And you know, you go to have sex and oop, water rushes out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tell people you use as much as you need to get that lower chamber clean. Um, just when you think it's clean, get up and walk around and shake it around a little bit and then go back and sit back down just to make sure. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, shit happens. Don't get too bent out of shape if you, if, if you have an accident. I mean, it, that's where shit comes out. It's normal, it's human. You know, we shouldn't be beating, beating bottoms up over that or making a big deal out of it. It's just kind of one of those things we should, you know, you know for a top, you should just laugh it off, say, oh, here, just let's clean up and keep going, mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on the situation. But use as much as you need. Try not to, to turn the force of the water too high because if you turn it too high or if the water temperature is not right, you could burn yourself or the pressure of the water can, can... Is cold or hot better or cold or warm? I actually like lukewarm. Okay. 
So around body temperature, not hot because I can burn and not cold because I can make a cramp. But also, you know, lube up the tip of it pretty good. You don't want to do, you don't want to cause any scrapes or tissue damage with anything you insert in there because that, especially if you're not using condoms, can increase your risk for STDs, STIs. So, um, so just be, just be careful. You know, lube it up, clean up. Um, I remember that there was something I read a long time ago. Oh my God! And so it's probably like out of thing, but it, the, the practice is like leave it in for like count to 30 you know what i mean at a yeah. like a, at a very very slow pace and usually you'll kind of be bent over whatever you need to do right and then like it was like either stand up you know put your arms up that sort of a thing i've heard things about lay on your left side definitely yeah like or you know and do those kind of stretches like there's there's that um i don't know if you've ever seen those little memes that popped around a little while ago i'll find them and send them to you but it was like these four slides that might have been put up by advocate or one of those kind of things and it was somebody who you know they, they were showing how to clean yourself out in like the shower and some of it was like doing a do a back bend you know what i mean yeah. like like just kind yeah. of move your body around and do you know and then and then go and then and then do another rinse that kind of a thing so like is that something to be on the left side to stand up to turn your yeah. body you know that kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah definitely i mean so th that's that's another part of the question as well is how long do you hold it in there i mm -hmm. i try to you know i i try to at least 30 seconds or so like you say sometimes a minute uh just to try to let things soak through and kind of slosh it around a little bit and, and let it come out um as you far as posi really really crazy music and you guys dance to bongo <laughs> drums like put your arms in the air and just dance shimmy 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 twerk and then go to the bathroom <laughs> exactly exactly and there's some pretty funny tiktoks about that too but anyway so so uh yeah um if you look at enema bottle instructions which never use the contents of the enema bottle because those fleets phosphosoda things can really irritate your your rectum you don't want to irritate anything because that again can lead to increased risk for cramping and STIs as well um, because it's, it's such an irritant uh, to make make things move um, a lot of times they say get on your get on your knees with your ass up in the air and squirt it in that way from behind or on your left side mm -hmm. so experiment do you know everybody's a little different there's no guaranteed way that's going to work the same for everybody because everybody's curves are a little bit different but but definitely holding the water for about 30 seconds helps and then releasing and then just keep doing it until things are clear try not to put too much volume in at a time because like i said there's that that there's that sharp hairpin turn that that's a, a little bit treacherous so if you get all the way in there then you have yeah. more water all the way deep and then you're cleaning out for longer because you yeah need, yeah it actually it actually makes the process worse if you put too much in there because you know there's there's so much more up there too that ends up making the water dirty that's when you're crying on the toilet saying i didn't eat that much i didn't eat that much and he's gonna be here in 10 minutes exactly yeah so don't put too much in <laughs> right now the whole clean out process is a whole different story for fisting and we can talk about that a little bit later let's talk about that because that's yeah. where we can go with this and so uh -huh. yeah like let, let's go because there was a lot of questions just randomly about fisting how much should i clean out if i was going to fist do i have to prepare and i know that you have the okay so one of the TikToks i think i saw first from you was the um your hole is like a clock and yeah. so you have to like kind of it's a muscle and so you're going to be kind of going from 
around the clock essentially to kind of open yeah. up. So those kind of questions, we've got a bunch of that kind of stuff. So where 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 does that sit? So let's just yeah. look at that. Okay, so just a little bit about anatomy. So your anus is a circular muscle, mm -hmm. a nice tight little circle. Um, the external sphincter is made out of skeletal muscle. The internal sphincter, which is a little bit deeper, is made out of smooth muscle. You can control skeletal muscle. So like you can clench it and that's what a, you know, like an anal Kegel is. Mm -hmm. So like if you're, if you've got a shit and you're, oh my God, I'm going to shit, I'm going to shit, I'm going to shit. I got to run, you know, what you're doing is you're pinching your asshole together so that you it's don't have an accident, right? That, so you're making it, make, make it clench, right? Exactly. Or when you need yeah. to stop, when you need to stop your pee flow and you got to. Ex yeah, thing. exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's controlled by skeletal muscle. And then the internal sphincter is smooth muscle. You can't really control that internal sphincter with your mind. So one of the big secrets that we use as doctors to do good rectal examinations on people is lateral pressure on that circle. So you stick your finger in straight about an inch or two and then laterally or vertically um, put pressure over and hold it for a minute. So three o'clock or nine o'clock, yeah, or 12 o'clock or six o'clock. Yeah, and that circle starts expanding. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the, you know, the, you know, say from three o'clock to nine o'clock and then 12 o'clock and then six o'clock. And you, you just hold that pressure there and that relaxes that hole so that that tiny little hole becomes a bigger hole. So the importance of that is you're going to have less injury when it comes to anal fissures. Anal fissures are tears in the anal canal, which are fucking painful. It's like mm. shitting razor blades. And it can put you out of commission down there for months. Um, you don't want that. So lots of lube. That can happen when a guy gets in there too quick, guys. So don't yeah, exactly. ram yourselves into your bottoms. Right, exactly. And that's one of my big things for tops. You know, don't just jam it in there, honey. You got to relax it. You got to get your bottom uh, relaxed and ready to go. So, you know, eat it out a little bit, put your finger in, do that lateral pressure thing to get the butt clock going to let that hole relax. Um, a lot of times I tell bottoms, hey, listen, start off on top so you're in control so you don't get injured, if, especially if you've ever been injured before. You want to be in control in those first couple of minutes because let's face it, depending on what you're taking, first couple of minutes of bottoming can be pretty treacherous, yeah. you know? So you, you just have to take a deep breath. You, you, you sit down on it gently and slowly until you get it all in there mm -hmm. and you take your time. This isn't a race. Sometimes it's a race until, you know, and, and if the top's having any sort of issues with erectile dysfunction, but or these um, people who are in the park, but that's something. Yeah, else. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so you don't want to just jam it in there. You want to. And so part of this whole relaxation thing for your hole is the butt clock thing so that you stretch mm -hmm. things out a little bit. So that's just that's just great for topping and bottoming. But that also plays a role later into fisting. Okay. So with with fisting, I, I personally have zero experience with fisting. And so I reached out to the fisting community um, <laughs> to talk to them about what what advice they would have for a novice fister. Mm -hmm. um, what what's what's a do? What's a don't? What do you need to know? Um, look, about eighty five percent of the people that I interviewed were versatile fisters, meaning they give and receive. 
Yeah. I think that's most. I, I want to say yeah. that, that or, or at least they start that way and then people become the, the top and that sort of thing. Just mm -hmm. in my experience, you know, with, with the leather, kink, BDSM community, that sort of thing. Right. And I never realized what an emotional connection that fisting had to it. Everybody that I interviewed said, hey, this is an emotional connection. This is a very deep thing. This is something you want to be able to look into the person's eyes. You want to be able to connect with them. You want to be able to communicate with them because it's so key for the bottom not to get hurt. You need to be in control, so no drugs, because if you're doing you know, meth or whatever else, or something that's not making you feel, then yeah. you could get injured. So you need to be completely connected with your body. And you need the bottom is always in control. And I never realized that either. I thought it was kind of a more of a dom sub kind of culture, but no, it's not that at all. It's 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 very much the bottom is in control. The top is there to please the bottom and the bottom guides everything. So, uh, you know, first you start, some people have a two hand technique where they put one finger on each side at say like three and six, mm -hmm. and then a second finger in at three and six. And they kind of just gradually work things in and they, they'll institute toy toys and play. Uh, lube is everything uh people swear between like x lube or j lube or crisco or j a mix lube, of all through j lube guys is that lube it's thick and it it's like i don't it, like it strings like slimy spit you know what yeah. i mean and so it's just it's a way different viscosity than what you get your regular like silicone lube or a regular water base right and they you know they swear lots and lots and lots and lots of lube the clean out process and the eating process the day before can be a whole eight to 24 hours prior to mm -hmm. fisting, depending on how deep you're going. Can I ask a question uh, here, mm -hmm. sideline there? Because mm -hmm. um, I did have a question about this earlier and this fits in here. The mm -hmm. emodium usage when people are, when people are planning mm -hmm. that, especially, and I see that at a Folsom street, I see that on gay cruises, I see that at mm -hmm. Pride, guys are using yeah. to take an emodium. When, when should they take that? Is it something that they can take before they're going to fist, before they're going to take yeah. dick, whatever I mean, they're going to? Well, yeah, what emodium does is it slows down that intestinal motility. So mm -hmm. it makes it immodal, you know. Um, so so uh, about about an, a, an hour before mm -hmm. you've done your clean out, you can take that and it will slow things down. Now, it may constipate you for a couple of days, but that's not, you know, the whole goal of this whole thing is not to... So before clean out, not after. After clean out. Yeah, oh, after clean out. Yeah, after clean out. Yeah. So clean um, out, and then you don't want more movement, so you you take so you that. Take your yeah. Yeah, and that and so, that's what some people do. And like I'm not endorsing any of this stuff, and I'm not even endorsing fisting because you can get really injured that way. And I've seen people have perforated colons before. This, but I think I'm just but there's yeah. a good way that if you have a doctor at least that says don't do this. Mm -hmm. then, then you're not endorsing it, but you're at least telling people don't get yourself hurt this way. Right, right, right. Exactly. And that's what I'm, and that's my whole thing. It's like, I am not, I, I'm a reality based guy. Mm -hmm. I am going to tell you, Hey, listen, yeah, people do stuff. Should they be doing it? Maybe not, but they do it. So why not do it a little bit more safely? Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to get that little bit of education out there, realizing the reality of what people are up to so that they don't end up getting hurt. Um, and so a little, a little bit of knowledge goes a long way with that whole thing. So, so the emotional connection that happens blew me away. The fact that most, most guys in that group said, Hey, you know, whatever you do, avoid people who are on drugs, who are not connected with you. If you're in a, if you start a situation and you realize the person isn't connected with you, then just stop because mm -hmm. 
You know, they're not going to pay attention to what you need. Um, it's not a race. It's one of those things where it's millimeter by millimeter. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to try to get your whole shoulder in, you mm -hmm. know, in, in 10 minutes, it's going to take time. This is an yeah. afternoon project, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is, a, it is, <laughs> like, a, it, it really, it, it takes a lot of commitment, a lot of focus, a lot of connection and a lot of preparation and a lot of reality that, Hey, listen, it's going to be messy. Um, because mm -hmm. of all the lube that's involved. So make sure that you have everything, you know, set up in a way where you can get it clean easily. Um, but yeah, I guess the biggest thing over the whole situation with fisting was, was that, um, was that connection part of it. I always, I never really envisioned it that way, but yeah, there's, mm -hmm. there's apparently a very intense connection that happens with it. It's funny because I, I had a, a dominatrix on here um, about a month ago and just when with the BDSM community and everything is that we always have this look of like, it's the leather and it's the push a guy up against the wall and take advantage right. and that kind of thing. And it really is that's secondary to there's a trust that goes into all these, these relationships. And Absolutely. so there's a communication of this is what I want to do today. So there's communication that's always involved. Mm -hmm. There's that little bit of preparation you know, or a lot of preparation, whatever it is. And then there's mm -hmm. that connection because it's like, this is what my limit is. And we're going right. to put, we're going to push the limit. And when I say stop, you stop that kind of thing. And so that, that is the difference, you know, that, you know, I think that there's people who just, they find so much connection and such a hard line into people. Right. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, yeah. Like that, that they, that, that, yeah, that there's that moment there that they just kind of, you know, that, that just their, their lights turn on, you know what I mean? Right. I've, I've, I've seen fisting in different ways and like in personal ways I've, I've, I've watched it happen. And then I've also watched it on a stage at magnitude with, you know, but the, the preparation before those guys even go out there, cause I'm backstage with these adult performers and with these mm -hmm. dancers and things, and you'll see, two guys who are about to go out there and do a scene, they're usually going to be off on the corner just for a minute, hugging. They're yeah. sitting there for a second. They're getting a connection on They're you know, and then they go out there and then they do this act that looks crazy in front of God and everybody else. Right. But they're having a moment, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's amazing that that's how, that's the thing that you took away from all of this. Yeah. And it's the, it's the thing I least expected to take away from it humanity yeah it really is it's crazy <laughs> okay i don't want to let you go without talking about one of your favorite things and one of i think my favorite things let's talk about drag race a little bit because we're, we're coming up to the end and so oh, and i know you yeah. love some drag race bing, bang, bong, sing, sing, song. Ding, ding, i love me some drag race now i I'm, i have watched every season every episode us uk i'm trying to I tried to watch Canada a little bit, but the non-RuPaul hosting situation kind of threw me off a little bit. Get through it because the talent in Canada is just, it's great. And there's there's something refresh about it, but you have to okay. kind of, you have to get away from the Jeffrey Boyo Chapman of it all. It's just, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, you know, he got bullied and there was lots of issues with him and everything. And so um, at this, at this state where we're, where we're recording today, they just showed last night the Ru, um, Oh my God! What do you call it? The reunion. The reunion. I yeah. Can't say I can <laughs> I can say gastroenterologist, but I cannot say reunion. Reunion. Right. Okay. So 
it was cute. I thought it was a cute showing. It did kind of have a little thing that was as they were peeling the girls, you know, that they kind of showed first first thrown away. Th- I say mm-hmm. thrown away. God, that's so mean. But like, <laughs> but like Kahana, you know, and then they kind yeah. of keep going through and you can kind of still see who are going to be the stars that we're going to see kind of pop up probably in the all stars. Yeah. And then who also is going to be at your local club? You know what I mean? Right. Like we we mm-hmm. know we're going to see some of these girls local and then who are going to be the big, big deals, you know? Right. And so I think that they did a pretty good job with the top four because the top four does feel like they're going to be big deals. Like they do. They all are equally. Um, they all equally have something, mm-hmm. but nobody has everything. There you go. And so there's that meme charisma, uniqueness, talent. Gets on my nerves with, yeah. with, with <laughs> How do you feel about candy? Like I said, so like I said, little girl, that's I've been around thirty years, and I'm sitting here pretty. And safe. you are pretty. So let me be arrogant. I hated candy, candy initially. Like I thought she was annoying and loud and gross and um, just in your face and uncultured. And then now I'm kind of thinking she might win. <laughs> let me be arrogant, baby. Like she really grew on me in the end. Like I hated her in the beginning, but. But I think I saw her change and grow. Mm-hmm. And um, as much as I don't want to admit it, because when I saw her about to go, um, when she would shit her to Beyonce sunflower yes. with, dress with, thing, with, and yeah, he called with, her back at the last minute and said, oh, no, 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 I'm not ready for you to go yet. Uh-huh. My heart sank because I was like, damn, I was so ready for her to go. But now I'm so glad she's in there. Candy is the more likable version, because if we want to compare them to other queens, which I don't like doing, but let's do it because it's a RuPaul's Drag Race. And so we'll do right. this because it's in canon. You know, you do this with players when you're talking right. about sports. And that's what this is. It's gay sports. Right. Candy is the better version of, she's what we wanted Silky Ganache to be. Exactly. You know? And exactly. so, because Candy is hitting with people. People are liking her. There's a lot of people who hate her and they have their own right. worries about her which is great because she's polarizing, which is one of the reasons why I think that don't let her win this one. Bring her back for an all-star. All-stars. You yeah, see, you want it, she's good TV. You need yeah. good TV. Yeah, so, I, think she, I think she would come back on all-stars and, 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 and be awesome. And I think, um, I think Utica, <laughs> as kooky as she is. Utica is amazing. Yeah, she's super kooky though, and she she just uh, didn't have the the greatest filter sometimes. I think she's learning to grow from that, and I think when she comes back for All Star, she's a threat too. She's young, but the thing about Utica is that she's weird, but she's polished. Her yeah. stuff is always clean. Her hems are tight. Her wigs look good. She's, she's got she, style. Yeah. Yeah. She's 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 <clears> the fat. She is one of the fashion queens of the season. Where mm-hmm. everybody thought it was gonna be Got Mick, and Got Mick ends up being the comedy queen. You know, like, right? We really didn't have any chops for that. Yeah. Yeah. I I have this feeling that like we have um because everybody it's Got Mick's rat race. It's gonna be Simone's race. And then we've mentioned this just before that before we even started recording was. You never know when it comes down to these lip sync for your lives at the end because the my four words before were season nine Shea Coulee because right. Sasha Valor showed up with those pedals and how do you not hand it to that? Right, and it it all depends on the song. It depends on who is against who. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I mean, I've seen Candy lip sync a lot and she's fucking great. Yeah. At lip syncing. I haven't seen Got Mick lip sync lip sync. You know, Simone did maybe once. Um yeah. and then Rose, I don't remember her lip syncing. So like I I, you know, 
I don't know what to expect. It's it's anybody's ball game. Rose, I I cheer for her because she's genuinely talented, but she doesn't hit me. She's right. like I I compare her to like Rachel Berry from Glee. Like right. she's so good. You can put her on the stage. She's well rehearsed and everything else looks great in the costume. But do I care? Right, exactly. <laughs> but, like, is she gonna sell tickets? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's the thing. But the thing is, is what? Oh, that was cute though too. Let's talk about Rose and the Denali of it all, and like these little matchups, and even how they were flirting with um, Utica and, and Olivia Lux. Olivia yeah. Lux. Like, and it was like, okay, so these people they were starved for connection before they went into this place, right? Because it was in the middle of the pandemic, everybody was, you know, in their homes. Then they get to have this experience of going on RuPaul's Drag Race, where they get to be in this bubble together. So they are all touchy and lovey and all that, right? So I want to see though, because I thought it was kind of cute though. These little drag queens pairing off. <laughs> well, like Utica and Olivia looked last night like they still had a genuine connection. Yeah, there's a flirt. Um, I wonder how, because I know I think Rose was it. Rose had a partner or something, or had a boyfriend going in. Oh, maybe. Because uh, I remember that being an issue oh. at some. So, so, so I wonder how that part kind of worked out with. You know, it complicates matters. It really does. I mean, yeah. the thing is, this maybe they're open, and there's like another, you know, yeah. some, it might be a Derek Barry Thunder. What is what, Derek Barry is with Nebraska? Two, yeah, Nebraska. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it? It's Nebraska. It's Nebraska yeah, Thunderfuck. Yeah, and then, and yeah. then another one. So who knows? There might be a little trio going on there. What? And one of the things, too, that people are saying, well, like last year, Gigi Good should have walked away with the crown because, you know, of their lip syncs. But did you hear, and this is, I don't know if this is complete rumor, but what I have mm -hmm. heard was the reason why Gigi Good didn't actually win last year was because she was sort of disqualified because she used a studio and not her home to do her final lip sync. When she did that, take oh. me on, aha, kind of a, a vibe. She was. Oh, okay. in, she used a studio where the other girls did use their home resources, and like, you know, Crystal had that whole setup with "I'm like a bird," and she built that little set in her house. So right. that was kind of thing, and and that was something cute about last night's was that we had these little homegrown music videos. You right. Know, that that was it was we got to do a virtual a digital drag show. Right. Is what was very much involved. Right. Uh, yeah, that that was awesome. I hadn't heard that about uh, about that from last year with Gigi Good. But this year, it's going to be interesting because a lot of a lot of people try to put political things into decision making with these with mm -hmm. these uh, final four. So you have Got Mick, who's trans mm -hmm. and RuPaul has not done very well with the trans community early on, at least by by rumor. Yeah. I don't know how much of that's really true. Um, about uh, about a lot of the transition stuff that was going on with that and how um, and what his side of the story is because I don't think he's ever really come clean with what his side of the story is on that. My feeling is is, is, <clears throat> is RuPaul is not anti-trans. Even work I work with Lady mm -hmm. Bunny once a year and you know mm -hmm. we have we have lots of time together um, in the before times and we had actually talked about this whole RuPaul and the trans issue like three mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah, and and. Bunny's like, we were with trans people our whole lives in Atlanta. Right. We, you know, we yeah. had people that are always around. And so some of it, I think, is just the way that Rue talks. And then you're also, you guys have to realize, 
this is not RuPaul's show solely. There's right. a whole network on her back. This is a machine. It's a company. It's a brand. Right. Right, if, right, right. if something happened to RuPaul tomorrow, somebody else is going to be doing RuPaul's Drag Race hosted by such and such person. Right. Because exactly. that network is not letting it go. Right. So, so you have, and then trans issues are so critical right now. Um, especially what's happening across America with all these, you know, mm-hmm. all these states trying to ban transgendered athletes. Um, it, it It's, so I think it's an important message. Yeah. Um, um, we have, Candy, who's a big girl, and we've never really had a big girl on the U.S. win. She's a big brown girl too. Big brown girl too, which is even better. I mean, you know, just mm-hmm. you know, and then and then you have um, Simone, who's Simone, who is black girl magic excellence. Absolutely, just- and her messages in her Black Lives Matter um, protest videos have been amazing. You know, um, you know, and so so there's so many great messages. It's hard to choose which one's most important. So I think it's just going to come down to the lip sync. Yeah, they're you all know? all four of those. Are stars they're yeah, all they stars are. we're gonna see rose in a show she's gonna be on the west end we're gonna see her on broadway i mean definitely, like, Ro- definitely. rose rose is gonna last i have a feeling you know and and rue has a couple of those broadway girls now you know what i mean like she's got peppermint who did head over heels right we, we got to see her that was so good too that was mm-hmm. a good show if head over heels goes on tour when the world opens back up go see it especially if you love the go-go's girl oh, absolutely <laughs> and so yeah um and so you see that I think Candy's going to just she's going to live in the clubs. People are going to want to book her. She's going to be Vanjie yeah. style, like, you know, Vanjie definitely. Style. Mm-hmm. And then you have Dutch, Simone and Got Mick, who are just they're good. They're really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've honestly I I think for the last couple of months, I've been saying Simone and and Got Mick were my top two. That's my two. That's my yeah. opinion! Um, and either one of them can win and I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. But honestly, any of the four of them could win and I'd be happy. You know, I think they're at all this good. point. Yeah. And it's just and it's just a game, guys. Don't take it so seriously. Yeah. Like we're going to get an all stars. It's it's coming too. they shot all stars before they shot this. Oh, really? OK. Yeah. So we'll get an all star any minute now. And I know that rude was just in town recently, which is telling me that they are hosting or they're they're starting to shoot the new season of that too of, of season 14 oh wow so it's yeah. like this this canon is not going and we're gonna have we're gonna get down under pretty soon that's so, gonna be awesome yeah and then and then the uk season two there was a big backlash over bimini bamboo lash not winning and Lawrence chaining winning so hello but that's yeah. that here's the thing rue finds some of these girls like because rue suggests then that's that's another thing that's like the, like the rumors and the behind the scenes and that sort of thing that i heard and i say rumors even though i've heard from really good sources here and there but i yeah. have to do that because i don't get sued right. um rue sees people in clubs and she loves them bob the drag queen was one one you know yeah and and uh raja she was close with it was that was a setup win you know that kind of a situation and the same thing with Lawrence Cheney Lawrence Cheney Rue saw in the clubs when she was out there and she fell in love and I think yeah. so they go into the season with a step up above the other girls already exactly yeah and it was very clear in the first episode that she had loved a connection her. and loved mm-hmm. her yeah and when she goes there but who knows I think that this is it's it's so different because um Rue had that same connection in the Tic Tac lunch with Got Mick and Simone. You can see that right. she loves both of those girls she and they're does. all making her laugh and everything. But there's something special about Got Mick when she does things. In Absolutely. Rue. Yeah. And then those 69 questions last night, watching that. And when you see Simone come in and it was like, that's a star. 
that's a star. <laughs> like the moment yeah. that you see that person, she's not even in drag yet. And it was just like, she's walking around and you're just like, oh, that that's a star. I want to see more from her. So absolutely. I'm absolutely. completely happy with them all. Is there anybody that you wish was in this top four that didn't make it in? Hmm. You know, I think, I think it's, I think it's an appropriate top four. I, I I'm not, I, I think we probably could have seen more from Denali. Mm-hmm. I think she kind she kind of got kicked out a little early. Um, she choked so it, a little bit. Yeah. And like it, that episode where she was going home, Rue was so it, shady when they were in the walk arounds and she was like, well, you won a lot in the beginning of this conversation competition, <laughs> but not so much lately. And then like the end of the episode, Denali sashay away. It was like, Oh damn, that was, there was your foreshadowing. And like, exactly. I watch exactly. these shows like that. Like I watch it with like a sports, like football, kind of an eye. Totally. So. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, some of the outfits this season, uh, the, the paper bag outfit that La La Ri had was uh, should have disqualified her immediately. Yeah, but it's iconic. <laughs> it, but it, it became iconic. iconic yeah. you know? She's going to be selling. <laughs> if her merch doesn't come in those little pink and purple bags, it's something. You know what I mean? And honestly, every single one of these girls, mm-hmm. they're all winners. They're yeah. all gonna. They're they're all gonna be set for life after this. I think. I hope so. I, I hope because. Yeah. This is the season 12 and season 13. These girls were marred by this whole pandemic situation. So they haven't got to do the footwork and they didn't get right. to travel the world and really get that. And so it's just, I want to see who really does come back out of the ether in this whole situation because the season 12 girls really got the short end of the stick. They were dealing with all that and then they had the sherry pie of it all. So that just barred oh, yeah. their whole season. So Definitely. it was insanity. I would just... One of my things I I just thought was a little bit surprising. I was kind of seeing in the beginning my top four, like, and I say this on like the second episode of this show was Utica, Gottmik, Candy, and Simone. So I was wrong on the Utica situation. And so you were close. That's That's the closest I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I saw as my top four originally, just because I thought they needed that quirky girl in there. But then quirky girl kind of fizzled a little bit, you know, and it just, became what it became so um i'm gonna leave you on this other thing because i did have okay. a note here because i just mentioned something about merch we need to see some dr carlton merch that needs to hit the streets yeah and i think you need to release this is i'm gonna give you this little idea okay Paj- like scrubs as pajamas you know so people can wear them you know because scr- who doesn't love a good pair of scrubs when they're around the around around the house absolutely yeah but your little pocket needs to see butt stuff, doc. It needs to say <laughs> butt <laughs> stuff. You need to have butt stuff, doc, on like t-shirts and other things. Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I was thinking of some things that I could put on t-shirts, like um, uh, destigmatize butt uh, butt stuff or de- 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 um, destigmatize anal sex or something. You know, I don't I don't know what people would wear, but yeah, yeah. But but yeah, but butt stuff doc is my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah, I'll, yeah. And oh, and speaking of super fans, mm-hmm. it's been crazy. Like I had somebody get a tattoo of my body. I saw this. Yeah. What is that like? That was like I was half terrified and half like rock star. Yeah, I mean, how good does it feel for a complete stranger to have be walking around with a tattoo of you on their body? That's <laughs> in, that's amazing. It was insane. It was insane, and and I was equally terrified. But the guy came to me first and said, "Hey, listen, this is something I want to do because I'm a nurse and I want to honor gay healthcare heroes." And 
I can't think of anybody better than you. And I'm like, wow, I'm so honored by that. But I never thought he would do it. And he took like an old picture of me when I had a six pack and, mm -hmm. and put a stethoscope, you know, rainbow stethoscope around. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I'm, you know, I have people sending me stuff all the time now and I'm just so not used to that. It's such a weird feeling. I think it's great. The thing is, is Dr. Carlton, you have, I'm so happy to have you on here and I really appreciate you coming on the show today because oh. like I see it happening. I see that there's just when the world opens up and everything else that your, your, your stocks in that sense is going to rise because like you, you've, you have those direct conversations. You look right at the camera when you're talking to your TikToks. And I think that paired with the gentle spirit that you have and just this uh, accepting way of teaching people that I think it's just you're already getting the accolades when it comes to those numbers that you're seeing and I think that you're just going to keep on rising and that you're going to yeah. get more more of that kind of potential thing that you know you'll be one of those celebrity doctors any day now yeah <laughs> like the next gay uh, Dr. Ruth there you go <laughs> like one of those I mean like I, that 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 will happen I know that you have partnerships and things like that that are coming around now with like dating apps and all that kind of thing and it's just like more 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 I curse you with more in your life yeah. of like all the good stuff. So like, yeah, more blessings and all that. Cause it's just, I see it coming your way. So. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much. I, we're going to have to hang out sometime now that this pandemic is easing up. And once you're, once you're fully vaccinated and all that stuff. Absolutely. Well, I am. Yeah. Oh, Tuesday, you are. Oh, cool. Tuesdays, Tuesdays, my day is my two weeks after, all right. after, well, after, then, after the four, six. So oh, we'll, awesome. talk. Well, we'll definitely, we'll definitely grab dinner sometime. That sounds, sounds yeah. awesome. When we stop recording, I need to find out what hood you live in. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. If you aren't already following my guest, Dr. Carlton, please make sure that you guys follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Dr. Carlton. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-C-A-R-L-T-O-N. You guys can follow me at D'Angelo on TikTok, D'Angelo Gogo on Instagram and Twitter. You guys can find those all inside of the bios. Make sure that you guys like and subscribe to Bald and Bingeable wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star review and leave us some nice little notes over on apple podcast if you can't be nice be nasty but leave us five stars i don't even care okay you guys can drop me a dm if you guys are loving the show and if you guys want me to expand on something or bring somebody else in or review a certain show just let me know love you guys so much it's been a good day i appreciate you guys mwah. no like mwah. good night from the lower level <laughs> Good night from the lower level.